Welcome to The Vampire Squid, a podcast about increasing transparency and education in finance. This is your host, Alan Lee, and welcome to episode 27 of The Vampire Squid. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about employee stock options, and these are usually given to employees at earlier stage companies like tech startups, um, and we'll talk about some of the pros and cons of um, these stock options. I hope everyone had a great lead up to Thanksgiving. I uh, had a really fun Friendsgiving yesterday and got a chance to eat a lot of turkey and mashed potatoes, stuffing. I can't wait till actual Thanksgiving to continue stuffing my face. But I hope that you guys are going to get a little bit of a break um, and go see family and friends. Uh, I think this is a great holiday time of year. Okay, so on to the episode for today. Uh, the way I want to structure today's episode is to talk about how employee stock options work. We'll go through a hypothetical example. But we'll dive into some of the tax liabilities that are associated with employee stock options. And then uh, we'll finish off with why this is important to you guys. So employee stock options are the employee's right to buy uh, a share of the company at a fixed strike price. And you know this is similar to the stock options that we were talking about in the previous episodes with, uh, with Kirk Duplessis. But employee stock options are a little bit different in that they're usually for our sake, we're talking about it from a private company standpoint. And these are for earlier stage companies like technology startups. And the reason that these companies issue stock options is one, it's a form of compensation um, because you get a greater, you get a share in the company. Um, two, it's a non-cash expense upfront because they don't have to actually pay you any money. You get a percent of ownership in the company. So what usually happens is employees get a fixed base salary of maybe, you know, $60,000. And then they might get uh, stock options that are worth $40,000 or $50,000. But the company doesn't actually have to pay that forty dollars or $50,000 up front. Um, they're just giving up a percentage ownership of their company. So it helps with earlier stage companies because they usually don't have as much cash um, and aren't able to pay out that much money. And employee stock options are also really, could be really good for employees because, yeah, as you own a percent of the company, depending on when you joined, hopefully the startup will have grown by the time, uh, you decide to ultimately leave the company or the company might have gone public and it's substantially larger than when you had joined it. But then you already have a percentage of the company and now that percentage of the company was from a smaller pie to a much larger pie. And uh, that translates to a lot of wealth accumulated. And that's uh, fairly consistent with what we've seen over the past decade or so with a lot of these technology startups, like the social media ones, like the uh, car sharing apps. Uh, these companies started off very small and uh, the earlier stage employees got percentage of the company and it might have been very small, like 0.1% or 1% or um, something very insignificant at the time, but if you multiply that by 10 billion, 20 billion, 30 billion dollars, it's actually worth a lot of money today. Um, what typically happens also with these employee stock options are you have to exercise them within 30 to 90 days after you eventually decide to leave the company if you do. And if you do do that, there's also some tax liabilities uh, that you'll have to incur 
which we'll talk about a little bit later in this episode. Now, for how the vesting of the stock options work, and uh, what vesting means is, you know, how you actually get paid the stock options. Um, usually, most technology startups have a four-year vest schedule, and what that means is you get all the stock options that you were going to be allocated over the course of four years. And what typically also happens is there's a one-year cliff. So the first year, you don't get any stock options until you finish your first year. And then when you finish your first year, you get one year's worth of stock options, or you get your 25% worth of however many stock options you were supposed to get. So say I was supposed to get $100,000 worth of stock options. So after my first year, I would get $25,000. Then after the first year, for the remaining three years, they would be vested on a monthly schedule. So in three years, there's 36 months. Um, so I would divide one divided by 36 and then multiply that by the remaining amount of stock options, which is $75,000. And that would be the amount of stock options that I would get on a per month basis. And the reason they do the one year cliff is they don't want someone to just join the company and get a few stock options and leave and then maybe join another company and get a few stock options and leave. It's, uh, stock options are used to retain talent and they want to make sure that you contribute, uh, your fair share to the company before they give you something, um, which could be potentially worth a lot of money in the future. So now let's walk through an example of a stock option package and, um, you know, see what the pros and cons of the stock option package are. So for example, I'm joining this hot new startup company that makes, uh, really cool filters for photos. Um, so the company, let's say right now is worth, uh, $1 billion. And let's say they have 10 million shares outstanding. So each share is worth $100. Let's say that the stock option package they give me is they give me 1000 shares. And just for ease of numbers, let's just say the strike price is zero. So I have a thousand shares that are right now on paper worth a hundred dollars. So this, the stock option package is worth a hundred thousand dollars. And remember we have the four year vest, uh, one year cliff. Let's just say after the four years, um, I decide that I want to leave the company. So all my stock options are fully vested. Um, they originally were worth a hundred thousand dollars. Let's say that company went from $1 billion to now $50 billion. Uh, so this company really expanded very, very quickly over the last four years. And now they're worth $50 billion and they were worth $1 billion um, just four years ago. So my stock options are theoretically now worth about from $100,000 times 50 to $5 million. So over the course of four years, now my stock options are on paper worth $5 million. And that's pretty awesome because, uh, you know, you thought that they were going to be worth only, you know, $100,000. But since you picked a really cool company and people just love taking photos and adding filters and puppy dog faces and cat faces and, you know, all the, all the shabam, this company is, is really big now. Everyone wants a piece of it. So on, on the surface, it looks awesome because I turned maybe $100,000 to $5 million. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a big win. So now let's talk about why many employees can't afford to leave the startup. So I, I want to leave the startup. And, you know, why can't you afford? You just got 
$100,000 and you turn it into $5 million, you should just leave and, uh, you know, pocket the $5 million and go on a huge vacation. So the reason it's difficult for many employees to leave is because of the taxes that are associated with it. Let's say that I want to leave. So I quit my job after the four years. My stock options are vested. My stock options now have to be exercised between, you know, 30 to 90 days as per the example that we talked about in the beginning. Stock options usually have to be exercised within that time frame. So I have to exercise these stock options. And, um, you know, for this one, we just said the strike price was zero. So you don't actually have to pay anything to exercise. Um, but in return, I would theoretically get $5 million, uh, in stock option value. So now, of the $5 million, you have to pay 40% tax on that $5 million by next year. And 40% on $5 million is $2 million in taxes. The problem here is that the company that I just left is still not public. So while on paper, it seems that I've generated $5 million, I can't actually receive that $5 million because the company doesn't trade on a securities exchange. And my startup also doesn't allow me to trade my shares on a secondary market where they trade private company stock. Um, and also some companies have been providing loans in exchange for your stock options as collateral. But a lot of the, the biggest startups in the, in the country, um, have forbidden you from doing that as well. So you effectively have to come up with $2 million in cash by next April 15th when taxes are due or you're not going to be able to pay your tax. Uh, so this is a difficulty for a lot of employees that have joined startups, which have exploded in value, and they effectively can't afford to leave because they have to exercise their stock within 30 to 90 days. And who knows if the company will be publicly traded um, by next April 15th when they have to pay their taxes. So you know, why, why do companies, why do startups do this? Uh, because it seems like a big inconvenience for, uh, the startup employees. Well, it's because the startup wants to, they want to retain talent. Um, so they want to make sure that you're not just leaving because maybe you are a big value add for the company or another company is trying to poach you. But now, unless you want to give up all your stock options and give up that $5 million to join another company, uh, that's a, that's a very big decision that you have to make. So let's say, you know, if the company was public, you could have easily paid those taxes because you would have immediately sold your shares and received $5 million. And, um, you would just pay your $2 million in taxes, um, you know, next calendar year because there's always a market, um, on the public exchange. So, you know, what some very progressive startup companies are now doing is, um, some of them are allowing for a seven year period to exercise your stock options. So what this does is instead of having to exercise your stock options within 30 to 90 days, now you have a seven year period. And typically companies will usually have some sort of liquidity event, uh, within a seven year time frame. Um, so this allows you to sort of defer the amount of taxes that you'll have to pay on the stock options that you received. And um, this is a, a very big bet on uh, the startups, the startup side, but they also believe that, you know, if you contributed and if you did well for the company, uh, you should be able to enjoy your stock options and not be hit with this huge tax penalty um, just because you decided to pursue another opportunity. 
And one thing that is also very interesting is a new bill that is just past the House. It's called the HR 5719, Empowering Employees Through Stock Ownership Act. And what this bill does is it also helps defer the payment of your tax liabilities that you would have if you had decided to leave the company because of X numbers of reasons. So this is definitely um, a bill to keep your eye on, especially if you're about to join a startup company or if you're currently at a startup company and have a lot of stock options uh, where you may nece- not necessarily be able to pay the tax liabilities um, if you had decided to leave the company. So you know why why is this important to you guys? And I think this is um this is a very important episode because many of you may be considering joining earlier stage companies. Technology startups are some of the the most innovative companies solving very interesting problems, but it's also very important to keep in mind um, when you're going that you may be in face of these tax liabilities and just because your company has grown from a hundred million dollars to now worth. 20, 30, 40 billion dollars. It, it's really awesome, but, um, it also, you'd also have to incur a lot of these tax liabilities if and when you decide to leave the company. So it's definitely something to keep in mind. It's also important to, uh, ask some very important questions or to negotiate some of your contracts for your stock options. So what some people might be able to ask is for, they might be able to ask for a monthly vest instead of the one year cliff. So they start getting stock options on a monthly basis instead of no stock options for the full year. Um, some ask for the longer exercise schedule. So instead of the typical 30 to 90 days, um, they want two, three, four years, five years, six years to exercise a stock so that they can defer this tax liability that they would theoretically have to pay. Um, some employees also want to ask for a shorter vesting cycle. Um, so instead of the full four years, you could maybe try to negotiate for a three-year vest schedule or maybe even a two-year vest schedule. Um, and you can you know, always try to negotiate additional stock options for performance metrics. Um, you know, Say that you delivered on a very important product and it was very successful. You can ask for more stock options as well. And I also think that it's important to ask some really critical questions uh, about the company so that you understand, you know, what the company situation is like and how much your stock options could potentially be worth or how it could be impacted. It's always important to ask, how many shares am I being offered on a fully diluted basis? So you know that, you know, if you're getting a hundred thousand shares, it might sound a lot, but if the company has a hundred million shares, it's, it's not that much. Um, it's also important to ask, you know, how much cash do you forecast your company needs to raise before, say, going public or going through an acquisition? Because as the company additionally raises more capital, you'll become further diluted in the company. And while you expect the company to grow, this could also, you know, impact you from, you know, how much your shares could be worth. It's also important to ask um, if the company has raised any debt, uh, because debt always comes before equity on the capital structure. So I hope this episode was a bit helpful in understanding how employee stock options work, especially from the earlier standpoint of technology startups or earlier stage companies. And for those of you who are interested in working at a technology startup or earlier stage company, you know, hopefully I gave you some good questions to ask and things to keep in mind as you think about the stock option package that you guys get. Uh, but with that, 
I hope that everyone has a great Thanksgiving and we'll see you next week for the next episode. Ciao.